0: 531 in New York here at CBS-FM. This is the news as we have it so far, and CBS-FM News is following up on this. The Associated Press is reporting that singer Elvis Presley has died at Baptist Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. Presley was rushed to the hospital earlier today with a respiratory ailment and was reported in serious condition. Now, according to the Associated Press, Elvis Presley has died in a Memphis hospital at the age of 42. Divers. Welcome to another installment of Mysteries, Mysteries of, the of the Deep. I'm Tom Feeney, podcaster and purveyor of pop culture propaganda. This is the side project of the Deep Dive podcast, where myself and my co-host, Manda take a look at some of the more interesting offerings available on streaming media. This week, however, we'll dive headfirst into the details of of the final day of the life of a legend. Mysteries of the Deep presents The Day Elvis Died. January 8th, 2022 marks Elvis Aaron Presley's 87th birthday. Presley was born in 1935 inside a tiny two-room house in Tupelo, Mississippi, a decidedly unremarkable beginning for someone who would go on to change the world of popular music, if not the world itself. After his family moved to Memphis, Tennessee in 1948, Elvis would discover the two influences that would fuel his love of music, record stores and radio. Back then, record stores had listening booths they were tiny cubicles where you could sit and listen to a sample vinyl record through headphones. Elvis would sit in listening booths for hours, absorbing songs from his favorite country music and gospel artists. The other influence in Elvis' musical education came over the airwaves, specifically radio station WDIA. Top of the morning to you, my friends, From the home of colorful old Beale Street. The place where the blues began in Memphis, Tennessee. In the heart of the rich Mississippi Delta, WGIA, 50,000 Watts of Goodwill invites you to join us in asking the man upstairs to smile on us today and help us to satisfy that hankering to offer you the best in radio entertainment and service to the finest people in the world, our listeners. (laughs) The Memphis-based broadcaster was a pioneer in the industry, being the first radio station to program specifically for African-American listeners. But Elvis was listening, too. WDIA would play what were called at the time race records. It would be Elvis's fusion of country and rhythm and blues that led him to international superstardom and the title of the King of Rock and Roll. Now, while it is true that Elvis Presley was a talented performer, it is also true that a great deal of his initial success was due to the fact that he was a white male performing in a style heavily influenced by African-American musical artists. Those same artists would never have been given the mainstream exposure Presley received. For the next two decades, Elvis' career would wax and wane. The, still in its infancy, medium of television, would prove to be a huge part in his rise to stardom. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a big show, a well, real big shoe, <laughs> with the Elvis Presley headlining tonight. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> and during the show, Elvis is going to appear all the way through the show, because sometimes people tune in a little late. We've got a great all-star show going along with him, but right now, Singing a medley of some of the songs that you enjoy to the extent of boosting them over the million mark, here is Elvis. (laughs) Appearing on early TV shows like The Ed Sullivan Show and Milton Berle's Texaco Star Theater, Elvis's um, unrestrained performing style thrilled teenagers and mortified parents across America. But it wasn't television stardom that Elvis wanted. He wanted to be a movie star. And that's exactly what he did. Out of the great southwest comes the sensational adventure of the notorious Reno brothers and the girl they fought over. Starring Richard Egan as Vance Reno, who came back from the wars to claim his bride. Deborah Padgett as Kathy, who loved one Reno brother, but married another. And introducing Elvis Presley as Clint Reno. ...who loved his brother, but also loved his brother's girl. I know you and Kathy used to be kind of fond of each other, but... well, ...you ain't got no hard feelings against either one of us now, have you? (laughs) Hard feelings? Me? Why, of course not. I hoped you'd be that way, Vance. We're so much in love. Won't you even try and understand? Nobody asks why a woman falls in love and gets married. You do. You ask me with every look, and you've got no right to think I was faithless. Say you want your lover. Say you ain't laid awake every night by my side thinking of him. Wishing I was Vance. Wishing you'd waited for him and never married me. From 1956 to 1958, Elvis appeared in four feature films. Love Me Tender, Loving You, Jailhouse Rock, and King Creole. Now, calling Elvis Presley a talented actor would be like, calling Bruce Willis a talented singer. But his name on Movie marquees was good enough for box office, and having him sing a song or two sold a lot of movie soundtracks. For his final film of the 1950s, King Creole, Presley needed permission from the U.S. government. Why? Well, because Elvis had been drafted into the Army. He got a brief deferment before having to report for duty as an Army private. His management team, including the infamous Colonel Tom Parker, made sure Elvis had plenty of material to release while his star client was serving overseas in Germany. In fact, Private Presley had 10 top 40 hits from 1958 to 1960 when he completed his service. For the rest of the 1960s, Elvis focused on his film career, appearing in nearly 30 movies by the end of the decade. Unfortunately, his music career had fallen by the wayside. What was once a raw, groundbreaking talent was now churning out B-grade movies and C-grade songs from those movies. By 1968, Elvis was growing restless with where his career was headed. Movies had kept him from performing live in front of an audience. It was time to go back and focus on his first love, music. It was time for a comeback. The following program is brought to you in Living Color on NBC. Singer presents Elvis, starring Elvis Presley in his first TV special, his first personal performance on TV in nearly 10 years brought to you by Singer, maker of the world's finest sewing machines and other fine products for home and industry. What's new for tomorrow is at Singer today. Elvis Presley's 1968 comeback special was a welcome return to the king of old. He showed the world once again why he was still one of the most popular entertainers of all time. And he began recording new material and making the pop charts once again with songs like Kentucky Rain and Suspicious Minds. And shortly after, he began his first long-term performing engagement in Las Vegas. A four-week run at the International Hotel in their 2,000-plus seat showroom. Elvis spent the first few years of the 1970s touring and releasing new material, both studio recordings and live albums. By the middle of the decade, however, things began spiraling downwards for the king. He and his wife Priscilla were divorced, and his growing addiction to prescription painkillers was taking a huge toll on his health. The constant touring didn't help either. Elvis had also gained a serious amount of weight due to both the excesses he indulged in and the daily cocktail of drugs he was being prescribed. The medications, plus his self-imposed isolation inside his Memphis home Graceland, also affected his mental health. It seemed the persona that he and others around him had constructed was killing him. To go from living in poverty to becoming the world's first international superstar in just a decade was something Elvis couldn't handle. Who could? And it didn't help that Elvis was surrounded by enablers and yes-men all too happy to provide him with every indulgence just to stay in his good graces. That template was set for many celebrities to come who rose to fame too far and too fast, only to burn out. On August 16th, 1977, the life of Elvis Aaron Presley came to an end. Elvis's final hours are fairly well documented. Being a night owl, Presley would often stay up all night and sleep during the day, usually rising at about four o'clock in the afternoon. But shortly after midnight on the 16th, Elvis returned home to Graceland from a dentist's appointment. Now that seems odd. Keep in mind that because of his status as a celebrity, he wasn't able to just schedule a regular appointment during the day like most people. A couple of hours after getting back, Elvis made a call to his doctor Dr. George Nicopolis he wanted to get some painkillers, presumably because of his tooth pain. Elvis was given six Dilaudid, a moderate painkiller, but one that can be dangerous if abused. Near sunrise that day, Elvis took the first of a packet of pills that he would ingest throughout the day, a combination of secondol, Valmid, Demerol, and other drugs also prescribed by Elvis's doctor. he would take two more pill packets over the following three hours. Later that morning, around 9.30, Elvis, unable to fall asleep, got up to use the bathroom. It was the last time anyone would see him alive. Elvis's then girlfriend, Ginger Alden, woke up around 1.30 p.m. After looking around for him, she discovered him lying on the bathroom floor. Shortly after, an ambulance transported Presley to the Baptist Medical Center in Memphis. At 3.30 p.m., Elvis Presley was pronounced dead, and the media frenzy was about to begin. CBS News, Elvis Presley, king of popular music, is dead at the age of 42. The undisputed king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, is dead. He died this afternoon here in his adopted hometown of Memphis after apparently collapsing at his South Memphis mansion. And the mayor has ordered all flags in the city to be flown at half-staff. This is Channel 7's Eyewitness News, tonight with Fahey Flynn, Joel Daly, Bill Frank, Steve Edwards, and a special report by Jay Levine. Elvis Presley is dead at 42, possibly of a heart attack, and autopsy reveals tonight. Memphis, Tennessee is in mourning. Tonight, thousands of fans are reported gathered around this palatial mansion. The Memphis Telephone Company reports total overtaxing of its line. Today, when news breaks, it breaks quickly. With 24-hour news outlets and social media, information comes fast and furious, and in most cases, with little filter. In 1977, you had television, radio, and newspapers. You also had journalists who weren't more interested in getting the story first. They wanted to get it right. That's one reason why many media outlets at the time were cautious about reporting Elvis' death, especially in the Memphis area, where people frequently called in rumors about the King's demise. Once the official confirmation came from Memphis Baptist, the news spread like wildfire. Phone lines were overloaded. Everyone had the same question. How did Elvis die? Heart attack? Overdose? Speculation ran wild fans began congregating in huge numbers around Graceland as media outlets from around the country scrambled to book flights to Memphis. Within an hour of the official announcement of Presley's death, the tabloid National Enquirer sent six reporters to Memphis and rented an entire floor of a local Holiday Inn to use as a makeshift newsroom. They also brought $50,000 in cash. Why? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. As the evening of August 16th came, the various television network news broadcasts began reporting on the music legend's death. Good evening, Elvis Presley died today. He was 42, apparently it was a heart attack. He was found at his home in Memphis, not breathing. His road manager tried to revive him, he failed. A hospital tried to revive him, it failed. His doctor pronounced him dead at three o'clock this afternoon. The end, at an early age, of one of the two most spectacular careers in the history of American entertainment. The days that followed Elvis Presley's death were filled with grief, shock, and speculation. Many fans simply could not process the fact that one of their idols was gone, and gone so young. Radio stations played days-long Elvis music marathons. The demand for Elvis memorabilia skyrocketed, as did sales of all his record albums. Once the initial frenzy settled down, the question remained, how did Elvis die? The autopsy report has never been released as it is a private medical record and the property of the Presley family. Also unavailable is the official death certificate, which under Tennessee law is kept private for 50 years. Elvis's death certificate will be made public in 2027. However, the Shelby County Medical Examiner's report is on record and lists the cause of death as hypertensive cardiovascular disease associated with arteriosclerotic heart disease. No mention of any other contributing factors, which given Elvis's weight and drug use seems odd, and many believe that the drugs were omitted as a contributing factor to protect Elvis's reputation. Several weeks after Elvis's death, the toxicology results reportedly revealed Presley's blood contained high dosages of, among other things, the opiates Delaudid, Percodan, and Demerol, as well as Quaaludes and Codeine. In 1981, Nicopolis was charged with 11 felony counts of overprescribing drugs, but was acquitted. He maintained his medical license until 1995, when it was permanently suspended, by the Tennessee Board of Medical Examiners. Today, it seems almost quaint to think that a celebrity of Elvis' status could, in any way, have the circumstances surrounding their death shrouded in such secrecy. We know more about celebrities and their lives than we do the people around us. Elvis Presley was one of the, if not the first, real superstar. His death and the controversy surrounding it still fascinate people nearly 50 years after the fact. There are those who don't even accept the fact that Elvis died at all. There's an entire cottage industry around Elvis is alive theories. Books, TV specials, and documentaries disputing the king's death are plentiful. Oh, and what about that $50,000 brought to Memphis by the National Enquirer? Well, that money would be used to pay for information and to get one of the most infamous candid photographs in history. Desperate to get a picture of the King's corpse, the National Enquirer needed someone close to the family in order to get the photo they wanted. They found Elvis's cousin, Bobby Mann. The Enquirer paid man $18,000 to get a snapshot of Presley's body in his copper-plated casket. The photograph man took would become the most famous cover in the history of the National Enquirer. As much as Elvis may have impacted the world with his music and style, he also made his mark on how we collectively deal with the death of someone who is larger than life thanks for listening if this is the first time you've heard this podcast check out our past episodes and subscribe so you don't miss a single one and we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line at the deep dive Podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. All clips used in this podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. And be sure to visit our website at thedeepdivepodcast.com. Mysteries of the Deep is a production of Automaton Studios.